Hey all you marks and lady marks out in the wrestling world, it's me, ya boy, Fat Mark P, back from the kitchen with some more quick bites, and oh boy do we have a lot to chow down on this week. This week we're going to be talking about AEW, some news out of New Japan, what's going on in NXT, and a little bit of a free agency talk. The first thing we got today, fresh off the menu, the exploding barbed wire match between Kenny Omega and Jon Moxley. Now, for me and two of the other fat marks I work with, we were at the last time they had an unsanctioned match. That one was bloody enough, and I saw them get a fat fine from the Maryland Gaming Association. And I want to see what this one's going to turn into, because when I hear exploding barbed wire, my brain goes to CZW and Sick Nick Mondo wrestling in a ring full of light tubes and barbed wire. So I want to know what this is going to be. I'd like a little explanation. What I think is going to happen is it's going to be pyrotechnics and barbed wire bats and brooms because we have John Moxley and Kenny the Cleaner Omega. And if I don't have a barbed wire mop, I'm going to have a temper tantrum like a five-year-old in Toys R Us when their mom won't buy him the Golden Eagle belt. That's coming from real experience, and I don't want to talk about it. What worries me about this is every week on Dynamite you catch some sort of a gimmick match. And I don't want to see them just go into these pay-per-views with always having one. So I'm hoping the payoff for this is worth it because I'm assuming storyline-wise it's because of John saying he got screwed for the belt. So I hope he pay pays attention to Silas, a.k.a. Don Callis, a.k.a. The Invisible Hand, and every microphone in the building. Because I'm not trying to watch another little ice pick moment with a microphone. What has me excited about it, though, is the match they put on at Full Gear two years ago was absolutely insane. It was by far one of the best matches I've ever watched. I have it saved in my Snapchat memories on my phone. And to think that you're going to get another one of those, hopefully it's a little more classic in its moments, is exciting. I think it'll be a really cool payoff because it will be a match that kind of favors one style of wrestling Instead of the other, since the first match was supposed to be a clean match and Kenny Omega had his heel turn, which was beautiful and far, by all means, too sweet. But I am a little worried that it is just going to spiral itself into some of the, the bad moments of ECW or CZW or Blackcraft Wrestling. And I don't want it to just turn into these blood grudge matches between the two of them, so I hope beyond all hope, that two of the best wrestlers in the world are going to get a pretty solid title match on this pay-per-view. And talking about pay-per-views, we do have New Japan, the USA New Beginnings Tour coming. I'm pretty excited because one of my favorite wrestlers, El Fantasmo, is going to be on it. But what it gets me excited for the most is the fact that not only have you had Japanese talent coming to... AEW and Impact, but this is also going to put it in the United States. It's the beginning of them having their new TV deal here, and the fact that the LA Dojo has been getting a lot of time on NJPW Strong, so I'm hoping that it kind of pans out into something that makes it for some more options, because I'm hoping that not only from this tour do you see guys who haven't been over here yet, or guys who never got chances here and went to Japan to hone their craft, you're also going to get guys who have been here before and didn't have that great of a time while they were on excursion. Similar to Kazushika Okada when he came over and he got the Green Hornet gimmick and had to dress up like Kato on TNA. And I'm hoping you don't see anything like that. 
but I'm hoping maybe you get a young lion who shows up and maybe makes a name for himself and gets a shot at maybe a Darby Allen versus insert any New Japan young lion title match for the TNT belt or you see something. Because I think it's a really big opportunity of not only getting your established talent over here, but you're also getting a chance to get some of your young guys some shine who might have only been able to get into CMLL. I might be wrong about that abbreviation. But you're going to get the ability to have a lot of guys get a little bit of shine. And if it goes well, New Japan, not that they don't have the power already to get any TV deal since they were on access before Impact took that time slot, you might also be able to get New Japan working with a different television program so you're not having it on a channel that not everybody has. Whereas Vince is on W on USA and Fox and used to be sci-fi and you have AEW on YouTube and TNT. So maybe you can see them get something from one of those sort of channels, even pop or ovation or audience to see if they can get some sort of TV deal that might give them a little more main access than the Roku app that they've been talking about. And I hope that you get some of the guys that have been talking about betrayal, like Tama Tonga, and maybe you get him showing up on an episode of Impact. Or you get the ultimate payoff of the Bullet Club Civil War from a couple years ago, and you do get the actual Bullet Club showing up and genuinely going after the elite, which would I, in my opinion would be better than the pretzels I'm eating right now that I brought down here with me. And for the for the big thing I wanted to talk about for me as a as a bullet club mark, as a too sweet for life guy and just a wrestling fan as a whole, I like what's going on on NXT with this Adam Cole against the undisputed era thing. I think it's his chance of not only kicking himself out of the group and making himself a little bit of a Paul McCartney or John Lennon and let me do it on my own. You're also getting, he got kicked out of the Bullet Club when he was going from ROH and New Japan to the WWE. So there's a part of me that wants to speculate that, oh, this is the sign. This is the moment that you're finally getting the full group of the elite all back together. Let's get the band back together, but not the way TNA did it when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash might have been a little too long in the tooth, though they are two of my favorite wrestlers. So I think you're going to see either a really big singles push or you get what happens to everybody else and bye-bye Adam Cole in the NXT and he gets put up to the main roster just to become enhancement talent or get a USA title chance or an intercontinental chance and never really kind of get the push that he might deserve. And that's my biggest fear. Cause you're already seeing that with guys like Keith Lee. Um, you've seen it with a couple tag teams. You've seen it with some of the female talent. It's really getting to the point that like staying at NXT where it was supposed to be you developing might really be the place that people are going to get their stardom from. Instead of, well, you're playing in the minor leagues to one day play for the Phillies or play for the Yankees. Now it's, well, I get a chance to win my own title and make my own history. So I'm kind of excited to see what's going to go on there. And I want to see what's going to go on with the Undisputed Era. Since Triple H has already said that the Undisputed Era will work kind of like the Bullet Club does with a revolving door of characters. So it doesn't really matter if it's... 
uh, Roderick, Kyle, and Adam, or if it's uh, me, Fat Mark J, Fat Mark R, and Lady Fat Mark, um, we don't really know what's going to come from it because you're getting so much talent in flux and changes and moves in the rosters that this could bring you the new face of the Undisputed Era, similar to the fact that the 2013 Bullet Club doesn't look like the 2021 Bullet Club, or the fact that I can think of nine variations of the Four Horsemen. So I'm hoping it not only gives the group a rejuvenation because it changes the storyline a little bit, it'll also give Adam a little bit more spotlight, and it could also give Kyle and Roderick a chance to kind of get their own pushes separate from a group so they don't go down as the guys who couldn't do without a stable. And then the last thing I want to touch on is a topic that I know not many people want to hear about because they're not really sure of what's going on with it. You have one of the best second-generation wrestlers in the world currently sitting on the shelf, not working with any company. So I'm sure a lot of you are going, well, who is it? Who's this person? Who's this guy? Who's this woman? And I think it could be one of the baddest wrestlers on the planet. Even though, don't get me wrong, I am not encouraging or supporting anything she said that she's been accused of. But the fact that Tessa Blanchard is sitting at home, not wrestling on television or even working at any level, blows my mind. With the pedigree that she's cut from, not only her birth father being Tully Blanchard, but her stepdad being T.A. Magnum, you have the, 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 the aura around her of meant to be one of the greatest. And don't get me wrong, there is plenty of second-generation talent that just never panned out. Not to shoot on anybody, but David Flair comes to mind. Somebody who got pushed because of who his dad was, not necessarily that he had any talent. Not that he didn't. His sister is one of the going to go down as one of the greatest female champions of all time. It just wasn't in the bag for him. Tessa, on the other hand, became the first woman to win a men's title on Impact. And for 159 days was the champion. She didn't get fired because of the accused racism comments or any of the backstage issues with co-workers. She was just gone because they couldn't come to terms with a contract. So a contract is keeping her from wrestling, at least for impact. But in my opinion, you have one of the female wrestlers who could make herself similar to a China in theory. Without having to be so abnormally different looking and gimmicked than every other female wrestler. You don't have to book her as this unstoppable force in the ninth wonder of the world. You can just book her as Tessa Blanchard, this girl who happens to wrestle, and do it a whole hell of a lot better than a lot of other people. So for me, I don't understand how she's not in a company somewhere. Because in my opinion, and the opinion of some of the people I know, and other marks I talk to, and most of the wrestling world, the impact, no pun intended, she can have on a company is outlandish like Ziggy Dice. Like, it's insane. She could come in tomorrow to WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact if they signed her again, or any of the Japanese and European female promotions 
and immediately be in title contention. It's no different than what I thought was going to happen with Taya Valkyrie if she went to the main roster for WWE or the women's division for AEW. You're talking about a talent that can immediately, immediately be in the picture and give you a lot of validation in your women's division because automatically you know you have this one hard worker to add into a group of hard workers without it turning into... Well, I don't know what we're going to do with this, or we don't have any women's matches on TV. It could really be something that gives a company a spark. And it's a shame to see somebody that's such a good, genuine talent being wasted. Um, I'd like your guys' opinions on that. So at the end of the show, pay attention to what the Twitter is. And let me know what you think about the Tessa Blanchard subject. Because I know it is touchy for some people, and I'm not making it, I'm not in any support of what she said. Because there's no space in 2020 or 2021 for blatant racist comments or insensitivity towards co-workers or any of the things that were brought up. So that is something they would have to handle. But it's not like companies haven't worked around drug issues and personality issues between talents. So I do think it's something that should get worked out because you are kind of missing out on a once-in-a-generation talent. But there's one last thing I want to say before I get off for the day. Um, The next episode, we're going to be talking about some other WWE issues. We're also hopefully soon getting the first issue from Madam Fat Mark, uh, the one who got the WCW vs. NWO lunchbox for a short, fat, fat Mark P with a ponytail and a speech impediment. And she's going to be talking a little more about some women's wrestling. I wanted to give a little preface for that so you kind of get an idea of what you're looking for and i want to shout out my boy fat mark ek uh, it was his birthday a couple days ago i know he's a listener i hope you had a good day i'm going to try to get you on in here soon too so i just want to thank everybody for listening letting me kind of shoot on the business thanks for stopping by for some heavy snacking uh fat boy fat mark p out And don't forget, I can kiss any fat mark in here and make him cry, even you listening at home.